Hello and welcome to Spotlight on your Griffith College alumni podcast. We are delighted to welcome Clementine Moores, who studied an LLB Honours degree in Irish Law, graduating in 2018. Today's podcast will shine a spotlight on Clementine's academic and career achievements to date, and we will also get a unique insight into what it's like to study as an international student with Griffith College. We'll also be talking to Clem and asking her about her future aspirations uh, and where she'd like to progress to next. So, over to you, Clem. Um, the first thing that I'd like to ask you about is your, your current job title. So, correct me if I'm wrong, I've got down Legal Copyright Associate at Accenture. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do day in, day out? Sure. Um, hi, Alex. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for hosting me on your podcast today. Uh, so I joined my current team back in 2018, shortly after I graduated from my law degree. And essentially, being a copyright agent when I started consisted in evaluating incoming copyright complaints, which were being sent to us from users of the platform. So to put this in context, for example, let's say you uploaded your original work on the platform, such as a song or even a picture that you took. But then after a while, you realize that somebody else stole your content and uploaded the same. Well, you're fully entitled to claim your copyright. And now, obviously, this comes with a few rules that we have to comply with. And I think it's important to say that all of our decisions are based on the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which was enacted in 1998, shortly after social media became such a big part um, of our lives. Now, six months later, I was promoted to subject matter expert, which is now my current role within the same team, so I'm now expected to have a broad and strong knowledge about the work that we do, uh, as whenever someone uh, new joins the team, I'm in charge of providing their full training from day one. So it's a really interesting job in general, because although we strictly deal with copyright issues, we also receive other types of complaints, which may fall under the big umbrella of intellectual property, and this includes privacy issues or even trademarks sometimes. Uh, we usually won't handle these claims, but it's super important for us to be able to differentiate these issues so that we can have uh, we can then provide support and redirect the users to our different teams, which will then be able to help them. Mm. Okay, very interesting. So um, just to, to cover that, the the company that you're currently working for would be the, the largest uh, kind of video sharing platform that, that's out there uh, on the web, obviously for for, for reasons uh, everyone knows, we, we can't uh, disclose who that may be, uh, but I'm sure you can piece that together. My first question would be, uh, how do you ascertain who owns content? So if there are two parties that are asking or, or saying that they both own the same piece of content, how would you kind of come to a, a conclusion on that matter? Mm, that's a really good question. So the way we evaluate claims is always on a case-by-case -case basis. And following the Copyright Act, there's always some exceptions here and there. Now we have a lot of internal tools which help us decide on whether somebody's copyright was infringed, but we also have to comply with the exception of fair use. Now what's fair use? Basically, we'll consider something to be fair use when, although a certain content was copied, the use can be justified for, let's say, educating purpose or even criticism. Uh, fair use is extremely important for us because it allows the platform to protect the user's freedom of speech. And where freedom of expression is diminished, the platform can be liable uh, under the First Amendment of the, the American Constitution. So we don't want that. <laughs> okay. And 
when you say say fair use for educational purposes, so is that some someone maybe referring to a piece of content uh, in a podcast then saying, let's have a look at this. Uh, this is this is something to educate you on. I'm guessing that's quite a grey area to kind of drill down into. It is, and it definitely needs to be reviewed by humans all, at all times because you really have to look at the content and see if the criticism is constructive. And if it is, then maybe the use can be justified. But if it's just a mere description of the work or just a poor opinion made, then it's not going to be good enough for fairies anyway. Okay, so you're saying that human element's really important when it comes down to, to deciding who owns that that content and really applying that copyright law absolutely so moving forward anyone who is looking for a job that's going to be future proofed uh <laughs> maybe maybe looking at, at something in the uh, legal copyright sector is somewhere you, you might want to look at so um is there anything else that you want to tell us about your your work or your role um i no i think that's uh, that's mostly it and i really try to kind of give you an insight as to what i do now and it's i really enjoy to be honest it's, it's really good that's fab so uh i've got one one supplementary question um that i've written down is is how did you end up going into that that sector and that role is that something you've always wanted to do or is it something that you uh kind of just went into after you graduated uh, so i suppose after i graduated because i wanted the work experience um, I just started looking at anything that had to do with the legal field mm. and then I came across this job description that advertised legal but also needed uh, French support so for me it was like a combination of two strong skills that I had at the time so it was perfect so I applied uh, among loads of, loads of other applications of course <laughs> and when I got it I was delighted <laughs> so as you mentioned previously you deal with um French content in in your role and obviously French is a big part of the reason that you you got this job um, could you give us a little bit more uh, info about kind of, do you just deal with French content or do you work across everything uh, within the current role so we use translator websites a lot <laughs> so because the, the the way it works is that we do get claims from everywhere like any country any anywhere basically and so within my team we are inter we are an international team so um, I work with people that are from Argentina, from people that are from uh, Italy, like wherever you can think there's a, uh, like, yeah, there's all of us, all of us are there. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to actually get to uh, discover cultures, like as you meet people as well. And uh, so it's, it's a really good experience in that way. Uh, yeah. Okay, fab. Um, so I think we'll move on now and the next thing that I would like to ask you about is your experience coming from France to study in uh, in Dublin, in Ireland. Uh, and maybe if you could tell us about your experience of, of choosing Griffith College and, and how you managed to make that decision and wanted to come over here. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I started studying law in France, <clears throat> actually. But uh, after a while, I realized that although I enjoyed studying law, I just didn't want to be here. And more specifically, I wanted to be in Ireland. Uh, now, why Ireland? Well, I guess the trip I took to Dublin when I was 15 got a strong impact on me because I remember promising myself, right, I need to live here someday. And because law uh, is such a specific subject to every country, uh, I thought, what's the point of studying law in France where I won't be able to practice in Ireland with my degree? So I decided to leave France to come here. 
Now, it wasn't easy, I'm not going to lie, first because of the language gap and also all the paperwork that needed to be done. Um, so, yeah, and they also, like, all the paperwork needed to be submitted on time. So, mm. like, for example, I had no idea that I would have to get my French Leaving Cert transcripts fully translated by a certified translator. Uh, I also had to get familiar quickly uh, with the CAO. And so I started searching for colleges and I found Griffith. <laughs> and I can't tell you how excited I was when my application was accepted. It was uh, such a relief as well. Um, so, yeah. That's fab. So then, obviously, it's, it's going to be a, a difficult transition coming over uh, from France to Ireland. So how did you find your welcome at Griffith and that kind of first introduction to to the course and, and Griffith life? Um, so my first few months in Griffith College were a mix of different feelings. <laughs> I suppose I was uh, obviously anxious, as you would be for any first day, but I was also so excited to be there that I managed to kind of let go of the stress. Hmm. Uh, and the hardest part, obviously, at the start was to get familiar with all the legal terminology. But to be honest, I've always felt comfortable enough to ask uh, my lecturers whenever I didn't understand a specific word or whenever there was an area that I wanted to get more in depth with. So. Um, I got all the support that I needed, to be fair. <laughs> that's fab, that's always nice to hear. And when it came to course content and um, looking at the modules that you'd be studying, was there anything stand out that you were really interested in? Um, so I would, I'd love to talk about the, the lecturers, uh, actually, because uh, I was delighted with all the lecturers, but to be fair, uh, there was one lecturer that really impressed me and he was really inspired, inspiring as mm. well. Um, it was uh, Ian Woodland who taught us uh, criminal law in first year. Now, criminal law has always been my favorite area and having a barrister at law teaching me about criminal law was just unreal because you could see how passionate he was about his subject and that made me want to learn even more. Uh, and then all the way to third year, I have to mention Karen Sutton and John Early. Uh, they're both directors of the law program here at Griffith and also lecturers in their respective uh, legal fields. And they were both so supportive all the way to graduation, always there for tips whenever I needed their advice. So I couldn't be more grateful. That's fab. So it's good that you had such a good experience while you were here. Um, and I've looked at back at, at our, um, our records and you've previously partaken in uh, law society debates at Griffith College so the one that I found was an article for you uh, being part of the making a murder uh, which is linked to the Irish Innocence Project I don't know if you remember this yourself but uh, if you do could you give me a little bit more info about that yes uh, making a murder was such a great show by the way <laughs> uh, especially if you're interested in real case stories and uh, as you watch the show you can actually get a real insight into the American justice system and how this miscarriage of justice led uh, the defendant to spend almost 20 years in prison for a murder that he actually didn't commit. Uh, now, I started first year in 2015, and luckily that was the exact same year that Making a Murder was released on Netflix. Uh, so for the occasion, Griffith even hosted a talk where the two uh, creators of the show got to share their experience on how uh, the show impacted their life, and it was such an interesting discussion. Uh, I think it's even available to watch on the Griffith website. Mm. Um, and then the law faculty also organized a mini debate around the case. And so we were divided into two teams, one for the prosecution and one for the defense. And each of us had a couple of minutes to defend our arguments. I also got involved with the Irish Innocence Project in third year, which was actually part of my modules. Mm. And it counted towards my final grade, actually. 
And, you know, it was such a fantastic experience because we got to investigate ourselves real Irish cases and find potential avenues of exoneration. And if you're in the middle of picking your electives uh, for year three, uh, I highly recommend this one. But I mean, overall, there are so many extracurricular activities that you can get involved with. That my advice would be to keep an eye out and take the time to choose your electives. That's some great advice. So uh, on that theme, we will move through to everyone's favorite section, which is quickfire questions. So this is where I ask our guests three set questions. I ask every guest the same question. Uh, the first one is the best piece of advice that you've ever received. I would say follow your guts and no matter what other people tell you, don't listen to them. Uh, I remember back in France when I turned to my family and friends and said, that's it. I took my decision. I'm moving to Ireland to study law. I remember some of them telling me, are you crazy? I mean, you even you, like, they told me you haven't even graduated here yet. Uh, how on earth are you going to graduate over there? Uh, well, I'm here now <laughs> and I didn't take the, if I didn't take that step back to actually think about what I wanted to do, then I wouldn't be here today. So, yeah. A good piece of advice. So uh, the next question is, what advice would you give recent graduates entering the job market? Uh, don't get disheartened, guys. There are so many positions out there and it, it probably is, it's probably going to take you more than one application to get a job. But just keep sending your CVs and I'm sure there's a position waiting for you somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and the final question that I've got is, how would you describe Griffith College in three words? I would say multinational, challenging and rewarding. Fabulous. So that concludes today's uh, podcast. So thank you all for listening to the Spotlight On podcast. We'll be back again soon with another guest. I'd like to say thank you very much to today's guest, uh, Clementine, and thank you all very much for listening. Thank you.